0: We have a reading from the Old Testament this morning, from the book of Exodus, chapter 19, verses 5 through 6, and then from the New Testament, 1 Peter 2, 9 through 10. There are any number of ways the Old and the New Testaments work together. This is almost a basic quotation from the Old Testament that Peter uses. But contextually speaking, Exodus, this text comes as the people are gaining an identity as God is revealing on the Mount Sinai his covenant with his people. Hear the word of the Lord from Exodus chapter 19. Now, therefore, if you obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession out of all the peoples. Indeed, The whole earth is mine, but you shall be for me a priestly kingdom and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the Israelites. And from 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. Peter is writing to believers in a church just like we are believers in a church. And he says to them, and through the centuries to us. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people, in order that you may proclaim the mighty acts of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy but now you have received mercy. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. For you alone are our rock and our mighty redeemer. And in your name we pray. Amen and amen. When Christian Herter was governor of Massachusetts he was running hard for a second term in office and one day after he had gone out most of the day knocking on doors and meeting prospective voters he arrived as many politicians do at a church barbecue. It was late in the afternoon and Christian Herter was famished. As he moved down the serving line he held out his plate to the woman who was serving chicken. And she put a piece of chicken on his plate and turned to the next person in line. Excuse me, Governor Herder said. Do you mind if I have another piece of chicken? Sorry, the woman said. I'm supposed to give one piece of chicken to each person. But I'm starved, said Governor Herder. Sorry, the woman said. Only one to a customer. Now he was a modest and unassuming man for the most part, but he decided here in this food line that this was the time that he would throw his weight around a little bit. He looked at the woman and he he said, Do you know who I am? I am the governor of this state. She looked at Christian Herter and she said, Do you know who I am? I am the lady in charge of the chicken move along, mister, (laughs) and so he did. Wouldn't it be nice to have that clear a conception of who we are? Wouldn't it be nice to know exactly what it is that God has for us and where the parameters are and how we are to behave and how far we are to go and no further? I think the lady with the chicken can teach us something about our identity. Last week, I talked to you a little about my identity and I ended by saying I am someone who preaches responsible grace. That is that God's grace comes to us, and we not only have the opportunity, but we have the obligation to respond to God's grace. This week, I'm going to talk a little bit about who we are as God's people. Next week, I'm going to talk a bit about the world. What is it that God intends for the world? Following that, we will do a series on the Lord's Prayer. We won't go word by word, but we will go piece by piece. So that is where we are and where we're headed. A little bit about me, I believe in responsible grace. A little about us, we are those who are responding to God's grace, and we are also those who have an identity, an identity that has been given to us by God himself. Dear Christians, it helps to have a clear conception of our identity as God's people. It helps to remember with a clarity and a vividness who God says we are because this business of being a human being is a complicated business. The Bible is realistic when it comes to its conception of human beings. Human beings live in this tension, this tension between being broken This tension between the wreck that we can make of ourselves and the remarkable possibilities that are open to us as we respond to God's grace. We know enough to have insight into how we can wreck our lives and there are a dozen different ways between now and Wednesday that if we wanted to, we could wreck our own lives. You can see it in the news You can read about it in the paper. If you've got a large family, undoubtedly there are men and women in your family who have made wrecks out of their lives as they have chosen time and again to go another direction besides the direction of God's grace. We know enough to have some insight into how we've botched things. For those of you who are interested in such things, Today is the 15th day of ocean lover Ben Lecomte's swim through the great Pacific garbage patch. He's going to be swimming between now and the first or second week in September, swimming through this garbage patch in the Pacific Ocean where all of the currents come together to form what can be seen under certain conditions by satellite, and it looks as if it's a continent all to itself. A continent of garbage. God has given us, God has given us the responsibility of tending for creation, and we have created a pile of garbage in the middle of the Pacific Ocean that is twice the size of Texas. Our society is filled with crass hypersensitive people who are tempted to write each other off when they disagree on some matter of consequence. And we ourselves, if we don't watch it, are tempted to write others off more quickly than we ought to. Each of us is infinitely more complex, infinitely more interesting than we can ever imagine if only we would take the time to know. We have some insight into how we've botched things because we have our own histories. There are decisions that you've made that if you had them to do over again, you would make differently. There are choices that you have made about how to live or what career to to choose that if you had to do it over again, you would probably choose differently. We've got insight into how things have gone wrong as to how the world is not the way it's supposed to be, not the way God envisions it to be. And that's one side of this tension that the Bible places us in. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Paradise has been lost and is, is waiting to be regained. But we also know something not just about the brokenness of the world, but we also know something about the possibilities that the grace of God brings into our lives. We are, in the words of, of Genesis, created in the image of God. No matter how marred, no matter how broken you and I are, there, there is something within us that, that captures in some way, however much a shadow, the image of God. God. We're made in the image of God, and just as God creates things, you and I can create things. We can write a piece of music, a novel. We can go into the world and fashion things with our hands. We can enter into relationships that are meaningful. We have the creative capacity of God that is in some way built into us because we were made in God's image. We have the ability to grow wise to know the way that God has fashioned the universe. We are created with some vestige of that image that is still remaining. It's like there is a divine ember in our heart waiting to be fanned into a flame. And hear me, dear Christians. The Scriptures hold out before us the promise that hearts of stone may become hearts of flesh. The Scriptures hold out before us that there is an old and there is a new and that if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. And all of this is God's work in our lives as we live in a fashion that makes us citizens of a heavenly kingdom. Some of you may be Calvin and Hobbes fans. One of the Christmas Calvin and Hobbes cartoons went something like this. Calvin says, I'm nervous about Christmas. Hobbes says, you're worried that you haven't been good? Calvin says, that's just the question. It's all relative. What is Santa's definition of good? How good do you have to be to qualify as good? I haven't killed anybody. That's good, right? I haven't committed any felonies. I didn't start any wars. Wouldn't you say that's pretty good? Wouldn't you say I should get lots and lots of presents? Hobbes says, Maybe good is more than the absence of bad. Calvin says, See, That's what worries me. (laughs) Good is more than the absence of bad. Good is the presence of God. Good is being in this broken world and and moving ahead into this afternoon with God, not only at our side, but, but within us. Good is listening to the voice of God, embracing the vision of God. Loving the things of God. We live in this tension. This tension between being sinners and saints. This tension between being old and broken and and made new and restored. We live here in this tension. But listen to what the Lord says through Peter, his servant, about how we are a peculiar people with a peculiar purpose. The Bible describes this in striking language. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people, in order that you may proclaim the mighty acts of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are a people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Hear your identity. This is your identity as a person of faith, somewhere in that tension between sinner and saint. Hear your identity what God says we, as his people, are called to be. A chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people. Now, if you leave church today and get in a fender bender, somebody rear ends you and you get out and curse them out at the intersection... That's happened with church members before. (laughs) It can get to be embarrassing. It may be difficult to live out God's identity. When all your world falls apart and things don't go like you planned for them to go, it may be difficult to live God's identity. That's God's plan for us 2010 in Allegheny County, Pennsylvania, 44 year old Gary Matthews petitioned the court to have his name legally changed, no joke, to Boomer the Dog. In his petition, Mr. Matthews stated, I have been known as Boomer the Dog to my friends in the community for more than 20 years. I want to bring my legal name in line with that. The judge denied his name change request, arguing that it would cause too much confusion. His decision included the following example. Hypothetically, petitioner witnesses a serious automobile accident and calls 911. The dispatcher asks for the caller's identity, and the caller responds, This is Boomer the dog. It's not a stretch to imagine the telephone dispatcher concluding that the call is a prank and refusing to send an emergency medical response. I am denying the petitioner's request. The judge concluded his memorandum by observing, Although the petitioner apparently wishes it were otherwise... The simple fact remains that he is not a dog. No matter what life throws at you and me and us as a church family and us as a Christian community, hear this. No matter what life throws at us, we are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people we are god's beloved we are those through whom god intends to send his love and grace into the world there're only so many places i can go this week i will come to church i'll be visiting the coffee shop in town i'm pretty passionate about my coffee in case you haven't noticed yet But if you take all of the places that all of us go into the world and if you were to look at a satellite image of this and and see where we go in the next seven days, you will see that from this sanctuary we will be spread throughout Boyle County and probably throughout the Commonwealth of Kentucky and maybe even to distant parts of the world. You're a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people. Dear friends, that's who we are. We might not always act like it. We might not live up to our fullest potential. But God's identity for us is that we will be those through whom His grace enters into the world. We will be cooperating with the Holy Spirit's work in the hearts and the lives of those we encounter. We will be, for better, for worse, God's chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people. Remember who you are. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, let us pray.